Hello, <laughs> Hello and welcome everyone. to some kind of podcast. An unnamed film podcast where two guys dish on some pretty high quality films. Yeah. Yes, I've, if you think you haven't heard enough white guys talking about <laughs> movies, prepare to have your world rock. You know, I think we have some very interesting perspectives because I uh, don't know much about movies. I don't really see a lot of movies, but... My friend over here, that's kind of not the case, right? Yeah, I'm a big movie guy. I, mm-hmm. I see a lot of movies in theaters. Of course, not anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, ready to start doing that again. But yes, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lover of films. I guess you could say I appreciate cinema. Cinema a, a good as a whole. motion picture. He loves I, a good mo- a movie, a talkie, you know, a all talkie. of those. A talkie, oh yes. And so that's what this podcast is going to be about. So sit back relax and enjoy the first episode of this podcast let's just get this started my name is maxim foster and i'm clayton chowman and this is a to podcast. be named, <laughs> 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 named. we just got so excited we we're like we'll uh, find out the details later we just in a sit down and record it because we love these movies yes, so much these are some of our favorite gems hidden yes. gems of the screen hidden the silver the screen, screen that you may heard of and Mm -hmm. today for this premiere pilot episode of this podcast we are going to dish on one of our favorite films that we've ever seen uh, I don't know if you've seen it in theaters. I, I, that was quite I have seen it in theaters. <laughs> it was insane. Uh, fun fact about it. this movie, because I figure whoever's listening to this already knows from the title of the episode what the mm-hmm, movie is. Mm-hmm. I saw this film uh, in a theater alone. <laughs> I saw this in a, in a theater with not <laughs> one human soul in it. <laughs> I think I saw this on New Year's Day of 2020. <laughs> the first day of the best year of our lives. Hell yeah. Yeah, Clayton... What is this movie that we're talking about? This is a little movie. You you may know it as an animal of sorts. You may an, know it. An anime of sorts. An anime. This is, dare I say it, kind of an anime. This, I mean, there's, there's pretty much zero practical anything on screen at I any know. given moment. Uh, it's a little movie, guys, called Cats. Cats 2019. 2019. The, I believe the first attempt at really putting this... Well, that's not true. On on the screen, on the silver screen, at least in a big theatrical release, there have been filmed versions of this, I believe. I, I mean, there have been filmed versions of the stage play. Yeah. I know at one point there was... Steven Spielberg was trying to do, like, that yeah. animated Cats movie. Um, <laughs> Maybe he should have. Maybe, Maybe he should have. I, for one, am glad that we got this. Um. <laughs> uh, this <laughs> amalgamation. I just watched it. I just got off watching it again for the second time in my life. I was so excited when I saw the trailer for this movie. Really, I really was. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I really did tear up at Jennifer Hudson um, like just singing Memory. It was a beautiful song in the trailer. I think, you know, it's similar to The Joker. Some people just know how to make a good trailer out of insane shit. Just insane shit. That is very true. Max, can you just get a little, little leaner into the mic? Of course, here. Um, how's it, how's it that is, looks Much wonderful. Better. Um but yes, I, I remember I was I was sort of excited to... Max, have you ever seen Cats live? No, I really wish I have because I'm a huge uh, Cats fan. I'm a huge fan of this musical. I have watched so many clips of it on YouTube over the years. Have you seen it live? I have seen it live. I think you're laughing because you may be remembering this story right now. Um, I Fun thing about my experience with Cats, I went and saw Cats at a high school production, uh, the, a high school that my friend went to. Um, How old it were was you? I was 
probably about 17, 16, 17. The perfect age to see this. The perfect age to see cats. I had grown up enough uh, to see them trouncing around in their little furry costumes. Um, And I I was sitting in the audience. I was really enjoying it. Um, I I do kind of enjoy cats as a show. Uh, We got to a part in the show. uh, It was, I believe, at the Jellicle Ball. Um, In this particular production, they had busted out some roller skates. And they were roller skating around. It sounds uh, like so much fun. Really does sound like it fun. It really does. Uh, they were doing, I believe, figure eights when whoop, something happened in the audience. Um, a, uh, I was just, we were watching the show and I heard somebody yell, help, please. <laughs> <laughs> somebody help her. And I was like, is this part of, is this part of the show? <laughs> um, oh and God. it turns out... Uh, somebody had had a heart attack um, in the audience while we were watching uh, Cats happen. Um, oh, and God. I'll never forget hearing like the, audi- like the audience started to move. They started to run. Uh, and four teenagers dressed as orange and black cats uh, just stuck a smile on that face as they kept doing those figure eights. Uh, the show must go on. The but show if must. Only go half on. the cast is continuing to roller skate. It just makes them look like total assholes. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and then, uh, and then, about thirty minutes later, that you know, the sh- over the time, paramedic showed up. Uh, they put her on a stretcher, took her out of the theater, and then we watched the rest of Cats. Um, it really changes the context of the show. I think. Oh my god. Um, I, I totally forgot you had that story when we chose this film for the Yes, I did too perfect. until we sat down. Literally. I think it's a good intro to the kind of experience uh, <laughs> that Cats has to offer you. Exactly. So let's get some background information on 2019 Cats. Now, this is directed by Tom Hooper. Tommy so what do you know Hoops. about Tom Hooper? Uh, I know him from his adaptation of Les Mis. Exactly. Uh, an Oscar nominated? Possibly. I know it won, uh, I think, Anne Hathaway the Oscar. I think so. Um, but uh, I actually quite enjoy that movie. Yeah, Les Mis. I've heard critiques that it's very melodramatic. It's kind of yes. maybe a bit too emotionally created or something. I don't know. It fits with Les Mis because uh-huh. it's so dramatic. It feels like a musical. He's also directed The King's Speech, if anyone knows that. Really? I See, I knew about Les Mis, but that is that does come as a shock to and me. And The Danish Girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> a, an inspiring, uh, fictitious love story loosely based on the lives of Danish artists Lily Elba and Gerdo Wegener. Which is a queer story about... A queer story starring Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> yep, and uh, it's... Uh, Wow. And then Tom Hooper said, oh my god, I know exactly what I need to do next. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, the cast features James Corden at the top of the bill. He's top bill, <laughs> James Corden. Uh, Judy Dench. Uh, Dame Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench. Jason Derulo. I forgot he was in this movie uh-huh. until I rewatched it. Yep. Idris Elba. Who can forget? Who is this evil, evil cat? McCavity, McCavity. McCavity. Taylor Swift is in it as well. And uh, that... And also, oh, of course, Rebel Wilson. Who Rebel can forget? Wilson. And, of course, Jennifer Hudson. Uh-huh. Uh, D- Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Two people who have been knighted are in this fucking movie. <laughs> and even that could not save it. In fact, it is just so questionable whenever they show up. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, why are you here? It's like, 
a celebrity on a sinking pirate ship. It does not make sense why they're there. Truly. And they they do badly. I'll say they're not yeah. doing a good job in this film. Yes. They're not doing good. Well, it's just like they, they don't have anything to work with. Because, I mean, I, we can kind of talk about... Tom Hooper for this movie was just, yeah. he just put actors in a room and he was like, you're a cat, act like a cat, exactly. sing a song, now. go. Now. Um, because they didn't have costumes. They weren't dressed as a cat. They didn't have a good portion <sighs> of their environment. Exactly. And so such of the beauty of watching cats is the practical effects, is how they do all this. And like, mm -hmm. you know, then you in your mind kind of creating the rest of it. You know, with Les Mis, sure, you can just film in France and it's France. You know, like the set matters. Yes. But with cats, the set doesn't like have to matter necessarily. And so, but the, the choice to have them not only like cat size, but they're smaller than cat size. They're mm -hmm. like an average cat is not the size. They're like of a human man who, if they, if, if they're standing up, their head would go to the top of a cat's back. Ex exactly. <laughs> and then of course, let's just, let's just dive into the summary right in. I completely forgot that within the first act, mm -hmm. Rebel Wilson dances with mice and cockroaches in yeah. within the first like thirteen minutes. It's not there's that is nothing. the first because of course the the I mean the main bulk of this movie is just cats introducing themselves. This is cats yes. saying hello. This is my deal. I'm I'm the dumpster cat and I eat trash. <laughs> and I eat trash. And there's two cats who's like eating and laying around as their thing. Yeah. And they're like back to back. Uh -huh. Rebel Wilson and James Corden are both yes. known as they say it in the film as like the fat cats. Uh-huh. And that's like their thing. They're, and they're the only two like larger people in the movie exactly. and their whole thing is just like these fat <laughs> fucks. Stupid evil. They like, mm. oh, isn't it so funny? They wish they could go into their life, but they just lay around. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Well, to, to dive into this summary, uh, let's just let's just jump in. So it takes place. Victoria is a young white cat thrown out of a car in the streets of London in the middle of the night. Which is also like horrifying because <laughs> I I was like ready to see cats. Right. And then the, the car shows up, and I'm like, this is a little... And then yeah. a human gets out, and there's, like, a cat in a bag. But it, it looks really uncomfortable because it's yeah. a human-sized person, human-sized mm -hmm. human, yes. holding a bag yes. that clearly does not have a cat in it. You can see the shape <laughs> that's writhing around is a human shape. It's, it's very person. unsettling. <laughs> so, then they, so then this human throws Victoria out of this bag. Victoria is this white little cat... And she's mm -hmm. looking around, and then all these cats start to come in, and that's when the musical starts. They're introducing yes. themselves. <laughs> the fucking 10-minute song, Jellical Cats, uh, <laughs> kind of serving as an intro to, to the world that we're in. Exactly. As an introduction to the stasis of this film. And to say that that's what that is, is an overstatement. It does a horrible job of explaining <laughs> what's going on, what's happening. You see... Idris Elba, like, evil over here, like, spying over as Cavity, looking <laughs> at them. And it's really just, at no point is it really ever explained, like, what's happening. And even whenever they're like, oh, we're, we're all choosing to be born into the next life. Uh-huh. Well, I will say, this <laughs> Max just punched a little <laughs> mushroom man on my desk. your desk. Um, I will say, because this is a great film, I think, I think the intro <laughs> is serving its purpose in raising some questions. Right! For us to get answers to. Like, <laughs> there, there's wonder. many things I always wonder, uh, because they, of course, 
in the song Jellicle Cats lay down some rules to being <laughs> a Jellicle Cat. You have to be Whittington's friend. You have to Whoever have been to is. heaven and hell. And right. I'm like, who's Whittington's friend? When are these cats going to go to hell? Yeah, and <laughs> I can't say those questions are ever answered. <laughs> no. Um, not once. It seems like it's a bunch of characters who have really nothing to do with this story are kind of thrown in. Yes. They explain a lot of things that happen off screen about their own lives. Like they, they ride on a witch's broom mm-hmm. and they're um, friends with the Sphinx. And Yes. <laughs> well, they the... were there when the Sphinx oh. was commissioned. Commi- <laughs> yes. Commissioned. Yeah. Commissioned. Which implies that that cat is at least like 4,000 years old. Uh, not even a tertiary character uh-huh. one line in nine lives the... that's all those are long lives <laughs> yeah exactly and i wrote down i took notes i wrote down this the singing quality of this song is really not bad like to, to really yeah. give this film something it's that... <laughs> i do like the music it sounds great and, and it really like makes you it makes you feel like a child watching and there's there are a lot of pretty lights going on on the screen whether you really understand them or not mm-hmm. um and then i had a question that was really just bearing down on me. Do mm-hmm. they do this to every cat who walks by? Like, that literally, they... <laughs> Victoria gives no indication that she is going to join the cats. Like, within seconds, they start explaining, like, unpacking all of their trauma onto this complete uh-huh. stranger. And I wonder, if someone's just walking their cat or is walking by the street, the cat does not want to be part of this Jellicle family. They just start singing at them and abduct them. I don't even know. I think what happened was at the beginning, right, we see Victoria at, at one of her lowest points. She, <laughs> she's cast out from her family. Of course. And she is, now, she, she is now needing to go without. And they are saying, hey, we're going to be here for you. Uh, and then I think maybe she offends them when she asks them what a Jellicle cat is. And so they right. go into their whole thing. Right, yeah. Uh, they do seem offended. They are really mad that she's asking, hey, what is this family you're adopting me into without my consent? Uh-huh. Thank you, by the way. But still, what is happening? And also, these actors are get so close to each other at so many points that it really feels like the physical like nature it it's very suggestive from the beginning yeah yeah this movie's horny as shit uh, so, it so this is a horny, horny movie oh my god um, and then we get right into Ginny Annie Dots played by <laughs> Rebel Wilson uh, who again dances with cockroaches within 13 14 minutes i've <laughs> i've never seen that in an adaptation of cats uh-huh. ever Jenny Annie Dots is maybe like there's a lot of weird stuff that happens, but mm-hmm. the Jenny Annie Dots is the first cat where we're like introduced to the whole game of the movie, exactly. and it might be the weirdest part because she comes yeah. in, she's got the cockroaches uh, mm-hmm. that have human faces that of, she of eats course. with no remorse. Just she eats and um, they don't react at all. She also, mm-hmm. I I don't know if you caught this, but she says that she threatens to eat the mice children because the mice have children faces. They, they are not like the cockroaches where they're like grown yeah. women. They are children uh, put on mice. And she comes up and she says, ooh, dinner and a show. And then she starts shaking her little ass in front of them. It's, it's Which horrifying. Is, can only be described as like paralyzing in fear. Like This is horrifying to yes. these cats. Yes. Oh my God, to these mice. And you're right, she does say, mmm, dinner and a show. And then yes. all the other cats, like, kind of look, and they're kind of, like, licking their lips, too. Uh-huh. And the, the the little mice are doing, like, a cabaret kind of style, like, their own musical, which suggests, 
like you know there's the the world of the humans the world of the cats the world of the mice the world of the roaches it just keeps getting smaller and smaller I, uh-huh. and it just doesn't does not compute in my brain at all and uh, i want to see tom trembling. hooper's take on mice on the mice on mice, um, mice. there's another thing that happens in the jenny annie dot section is this the is a beginning. very famous bit yes the, the beginning we've still keep, keep we barely hit the 12 minute mark <laughs> <We> were, <laughs> um and also speaking of 12 minute mark this movie's two fucking hours it is, it, literally when i got to Jenny Dots and i kind of cur- like i was like okay this is maybe like 30 minutes i kind of you know moved my cursor around and saw just an ocean of time left uh-huh. i was so discouraged uh, oh well because it, it there's it's so much time and you could you could have cut any of the cats you could really cut any of because them. he adds so much and cuts nothing he uh-huh. li- oh my god we I, I don't know if we needed rum tum tiger i mean i'll be honest rum tum tiger is one of my favorite parts he's a good one i think mungo jerry and rumple tease it would be my first cut but we'll exactly. get to that we will get to that uh, in one hour as i was gonna say at around the 12 minute mark uh jenny any dots this was a famous thing on Twitter uh, <laughs> that I I had forgotten about it, and it truly like my heart like skipped a beat because there's a part where she's singing and she's mimicking singing into a microphone, and she picks up that pink thing, <laughs> like like string. It looks like yes, but it's it like it looks like it has like an inner. It looks like it has bones. <laughs> um, and it makes me really uncomfortable because it's so unclear what it is and we never get an answer and it's really scary. She could have picked up her own tail, right? Yes. And yet she picks up this object we never see again and it looks like someone else's tail. That was maybe severed off of a pink uh-huh. cat. Yes. And she kind of, you know, dances around with it. Yay, yay. And then she casts it aside. I, I get like a feeling yeah. of like eldritch. Like I was like... I, I'm not meant to comprehend what this is. No, it was, it was dread. It uh-huh. was dread for me. Truly. Um, yeah. Then, of course, we meet. We do meet the Rum Tug Tugger. I think we just should have started with him. Like, yeah. Because he's kind of a sexy, flirtatious cat. It makes mm-hmm. sense. He makes sense. And then we meet Grizabella, who is, spoiler alert, you know, one, uh, so, someone you're going to want to keep your eye she's on. A, she's a movie. contender. We'll she, just say that. We'll say, yeah, she's in the top three. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, everyone hates her. She's a glamour cat who has seen better days. Yes, and, she's uh, ugly now. Which she's also yeah. not, I mean, she just looks like any other cat. I guess she maybe we're not really cats, does. so we can't judge. Yeah, yeah, to, uh, to a human, looks average, looks the same. To a cat, she, I guess she looks like a horror or something. They su- <laughs> yes. suggested she, like, you know, quotes, glamour cat. You know, maybe she mm-hmm. kind of, you know, got a little bit too close yes, to some Yes, I believe cats. there are some, some hints of that in the music yeah, that she was which, running around with. <laughs> A Mr. McCavity. By the way, they're all horny. They all... Yeah. If that is the case... Yes. What makes her different from any other cat? Where yes. we see later, just... Their assholes are always out. It's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. Yeah. And so... So I get, we get here to Rum Tum Tugger. Uh, we are making... We're making some real pace on this. We get to Rum yeah. Tum Tugger. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's the flirty one. He's Jason Derulo. Uh, I'm sure everybody's heard him say, Milk! Yeah. <laughs> Um, By the way, he does a good job. I would say he does a he does. pretty good job with what he has, which is mm-hmm. not much at all. Yes, well, because well, Rum Tum Tugger is is one of the standout songs in the musical. I think definitely people know. Um, yes, mm-hmm. it's very good song. And uh, Jason Derulo comes. He shows up. He does Rum Tum Tugger as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, of course, a 
I mean, I was I was holding my stuff. I was in stitches. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Rum Tum Tugger is dancing, and then we cut. We look around back. Did Jenny any dots? Because we have not gotten enough of her. Yet. She's, but she's stalking everyone. She's following the <laughs> yeah. action as it's going on. She's following them, and, and she does a sort of like break dancing move. Yeah, she's uh, like, I can do that. She, I can dance like him. Yes, and then there's even like a little bit of musical accompaniment to mm-hmm. highlight the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, just nothing does what it is trying to do in this movie. No, l- not at all. And uh, with the Rum Tum Tucker, that song is so infamous, and so like people sing it all the time. I've heard it in choir productions too. Just fun little things. The song itself. I really despise because he's like, you know, the rum tum tugger is a is a curious cat, and he's like, if you gave me fish, I would have wanted to eat uh, from the dumpster or something, mm-hmm. and like that's really the whole structure of the song. Yes, it's over and over. And, you know, if you maybe go outside, I want to go inside, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh my god, this is so funny. This, this is so <laughs> true. Cats are so like that. Uh-uh. <laughs> and there's so many references to like Victorian England that really just don't track when you're watching this. <laughs> yes. It's like if you want to make me go in uh, like you know in the fence, I want to hop over of course to the courtyard and it's just really just not good at all. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> another thing we should talk about because we're about to get to my favorite instance of this. Of course. Um, something I am genuinely a huge fan of in the show is all of the jellical names of these jellicles. Of course. Guys. Yeah. Let's just go a list off of them, some of them right Yeah, now. so far, I mean, from the beginning, we've seen Mr. Mistopheles. Mm-hmm. We've seen Monkistrap, which I don't know if... Is Monkistrap ever named in the movie? I don't think so. He's the one who's, like, showing her around, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. He's, like, he's Demeter's right-hand man. Not Demeter. Uh, Deuteronomy's right-hand man. Oh, okay. Um, okay, yes. And, yes. and he's, he's like, uh, <clears throat> introing Victoria to the world of cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could not have told you his name until right now. No, it all. yes. We're looking at the Wikipedia page as we talk about this. Exactly. I think Monkestrap, because there's Monkestrap and then there's uh, two queens, the snooty Cassandra and Demeter, uh, which those are both, I mean, Demeter's like kind of weird, but Cassandra's just a name, but... Right. Yeah. I mean, she is a jellicle cat. Yeah, you can't, um, can't deny it. So then we have Jenny Annie Dots. Jenny Annie Dots, of course. Of course. Uh, the Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah, the Rum Tum Tugger. That's the right. Da- is that his name, or is that just a title? Is he like Bobby Abby Dobby, who's who is also the Rum Tum Tugger? Of course. Or like you know, like uh, Ricky Tiki Tavi. Like, is that kind of is it that kind of thing? Yes. I don't know because remember they Victoria says my name's Victoria. They're like, no, bitch, you have a different name. Yes, What's your yeah. real name? Uh huh. Of course, immediately invalidating her right from the beginning. Yes. They're like, <laughs> you're an idiot. You don't even know how to be a cat. Be one of us. We're gonna show you the ropes. <laughs> your name should be Mistopheles. And she says, okay, there's no logic behind that name. I've never heard that name before. <laughs> uh huh. Well, because yeah. also, I, I, when you are in this, you think to yourself, Victoria is thrown out of her house. And so now she's with these stray cats. And so now that she's stray, she will learn to be a jellical cat. Of course. But the first cat we're introduced to, Jenny Anydots, is a house cat. But she's still jellical. So why doesn't Victoria know anything about jellical cats? Yeah, right. Is she from out of town or something? I don't... (laughs) Yeah, and this is when it comes down to the fact that I don't believe Victoria is even in the stage musical. She's like an audience surrogate, I think, is her, is her role. 
mm-hmm. I believe. Yes, no, yeah. I, I, Victoria is an invention of this movie. Yeah. Because otherwise there's no protagonist <laughs> and not really any plot, and there kind of still isn't. Yeah, yeah um, there's nothing really going on. But then after the Rum Tum Tugger, as we said, Grizabella, then we have Busta for Jones. Busta for Jones. Classic. My favorite name. <laughs> uh, this is James Corden at his best. Yeah. Um, really swinging for the fences on this big fat cat. Um, <laughs> I will say, James Corden is kind of funny in this. Like, he. I He's really at hate least to admit it. not hate... obnoxious in this movie. Yeah, I hate to admit how much I gen- genuinely was kind of grinning, kind of smiling, kind of snickering throughout this. He mm-hmm. is described as a bourgeois cat who boasts about his weight and shares food scraps from the garbage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's got, I think, little... Because he's also... He, he's he's the bourgeoisie, and, uh, and, and I think he's got little servants. Um, yeah, yeah. He's like, bring me this 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 thing... <laughs> Uh, he's 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 getting his little manservants to fetch him uh, stuff from the trash, mm-hmm. um, and around this time, I think is when we start to see the glimpses of the plot. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah Mr. McCavity uh, shows up at the end of Buster for Jones, right? Right. Yeah, or in the, actually in the middle. It really is so. It, yes. it does not fit in at all in the middle of the song. Mm-hmm. McCavity appears to Ginny Andy Dots, who's alone in the street. And uh, Ginny Annie Dots is kind of chattering with him, talking to him. Uh-huh. And then he's like, oh yeah, my name is McCavity. And she's like, wait, you're McCavity. And then he swipes his hand over her face uh-huh. and she disintegrates a la Infinity War. Yes. And like maybe, you know, suggests goes into another dimension or another realm or yes. something. Completely dis- disappears. I enjoyed this. Because it finally got Ginny Annie Dots off of the screen. <laughs> yeah. happy. And then it jumps immediately back in, jarringly back in, to Bustopher Jones' song, uh-huh. where he keeps talking about how he eats and eats and eats and smacks his stomach a number of times. Yes, which two of the first three cats we've gotten to, they're like, I guess you could say my thing is that I eat food. <laughs> um, and so, <laughs> I believe, and then at the end of this song, I think, I could be misrecalling this, but I believe uh, McCavity shows up and makes like a declaration. Yeah. Uh, that he, he like declares war on the Jellicle Ball. Exactly. Um, mm. God. And so speaking of the Jellicle Ball, I believe after uh, after mm-hmm. our, our introduction to Buster Jones, we actually show up to the theater, um, <laughs> which is different. The theater is not the heavy side layer, right? Correct. Yeah, the theater is... I believe it's like it's you know where you go before you uh-huh. go to the heaven side. It's just where the, where the ball up. is being held. Totally, where um, everyone starts dancing. And this part where they do finally get to the ball itself is great. I think it is. It is truly amazing. I mean, it's just because I I will say I'm not the biggest fan of this part. Um, there are bugs in my there room are right b- now. bugs I don't know, swarming they, around us. They for the knew first we were time. doing a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, uh, the, in in this, I really enjoyed this in like the stage versions I've mm-hmm, seen, mm-hmm. Um, because it this is when we get to the thing that Cats is best at, which is just like fun music and dance. Completely, just completely, de- like um, I wouldn't even say devolving; I would say evolving into yeah. this just like splendid montage of dancing and what i really do love what they did in this film is that they took what would have been probably just ballet and jazz and Mm -hmm. some tap and they have these two like hip-hop dancing cats yep and it is 
honestly so entertaining to watch and so impressive to watch. And uh, these two uh, are infamous cats who are wearing shoes. Of course, the only cats who are wearing shoes. Yeah. And um, this part had me just really my eyes were glued to the screen the entire time. The whole rest of the time, I actually was playing Tetris. And fun fact, I got on the leaderboard while watching this movie. Oh, um, leaderboard out of how many? Um, uh, Ten people in Austin. Oh, yeah, shit. Exactly. Max is yeah. top 10 top in 10. this I'm region. Tetris. So I want to thank this movie for being so appalling to watch that I had to be on my phone the whole <laughs> it time. It really gave me some motivation. Yeah, but not during this part. Not during the Jellicle Ball. No. See, what I, I don't love... It feels like it's shot in a way that is doing no favors to the dance. I can agree with that. Because I, like, I feel like all, the, all of the dancing is great, but the mm-hmm. camera doesn't seem interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a little, it was a little upsetting. Yeah, there were a lot of shots of you know Grizabella stalking, watching, you know wanting to get involved, or like old Deuteronomy like watching as well, and not a lot of what they were watching. But when we did, we did get those shots. They were amazing and they were good. But then we pan back over, and then you can see the dancing in like the background. But then something else is happening in the foreground, and it's just like, why are we focusing on this part whenever there's like ama- we can see amazing dancing happening like mm. thirty feet away? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is uh, also interesting that I, I mean, almost none of the cats participate. I believe there's a part where Monkey Strap. Yeah. Gives, like, some eyes to old dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who she shows up, of course, at the start of this. Uh, mm. Dame Judy Dench herself. Of course. Um, demeaning herself to act in this horrible piece of shit. Um, it really seems apparent to me, like, maybe her age. Just, like, she kind of just comes on to set, <laughs> kind of looks around. I feel like maybe people were saying, okay, just, like, look over there. Kind of look over there. Well, she was just being a cat. <laughs> That's what cats do, my dear. She's a method. Um, yeah, of course. Um, um, her lines were delivered. If if she had any lines at all, they were delivered very meekly, very quietly. <laughs> I don't know. It's Maybe it's, like, a... Gwyneth Paltrow situation where she's not even sure that she's on what movie she's filming for. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. What's a Glen- Gwyneth Paltrow situation? Remember how she was on uh, some cooking show or something with John Favreau, and John Favreau was like, "Oh yeah, I remember when we were in. I think he's like when we were in Infinity War. No, whenever we were in Spider Man." And she's like, "I was not in Spider Man." And uh, <laughs> then he's like, "Yeah, you were. You were in Spider Man. Remember that one scene? Whenever you come out and like you're there." And she's like, "No, that was." That was for something else. And he's like, you were in Spider-Man. And she was like, what? I was in Spider-Man? And they just keep going back and forth so long. <laughs> it might have been the other way around. She might have thought she was in Spider-Man, but not Infinity War. Point is... Well, she is in Spider-Man. <laughs> she is. Yeah, she shows yeah. up. That's probably... Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's beside the point. The point is, Gwyneth Paltrow is an idiot. <laughs> And she is no friend of this show. But her candle smells great. Her I wonder what the smell, smell is based I know. on. I was I'm like, sure I, fe- I can almost put my finger on it. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so the Jellicle Ball starts happening. Ooh. Speaking um, of that, speaking of what that candle scent was based on. Speaking of that candle, there's some Jellicle the Balls. Cats- I mean, the cats have sex here, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, this is when it's maybe at its horniest. Yeah, uh, exactly. There's a lot of cats there's a lot of like face touching and face rubbing uh-huh. just like kind of grinding up against other cats yeah which seems to be maybe just a paternal or a, a familial thing you know maybe yeah cats I, hanging out i don't do that with my family personally but... yeah uh-huh. um, but on set we have to assume that this was going on so much so much body contact and it's yeah. it must have been 
very uncomfortable for everyone involved. Uh, uh-huh. God. Well, because, like, I, I guess it's that they're being cats. But they're not really being cats. I mean, yeah. if that's what we're going to, like, put our foot down on, like, they're cats. They have to face fuck each other. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't love it. I, I, don't, I don't love it either. And there, there's the one part where they, were, they all stick their tails up into the air. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there's, like, a high note. They're hitting a high note. And everyone's, like, so tense. And they're standing on their fingertips. And their tails are in the air. And they're wiggling and uh-huh. wiggling and they're wiggling. They're coming. And... This is, of course, when they do ejaculate, it's assumed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then they all fall down. Yeah. And we still have about an hour left. Yeah, <laughs> this. I mean, this is the beginning of the Jellicle Ball. Yeah. Uh, which I guess we should um, uh, mm. say that the Jellicle Ball is where a bunch of cats come together to perform for old Deuteronomy. Of course. Um, what they're hoping to accomplish here is is they want to be the Jellical choice, where old Dude will say, like, you are the best cat, mm-hmm. and then what that cat gets to do is die and be <laughs> reincarnated. In um, another life. Yes. And so you would hope that this choice would go to let's see there's like four cats that perform uh one of them is on the edge of death he's about to be killed he's he's like so old about to die and he's like i would really like to be able to live some more please uh, god now when i saw this movie for the first time this is when i went to the bathroom and i left and i came back and he was still clutching his little hat begging for another life uh-huh. this is of course sir ian mckellen sir ian mckellen <laughs> knight of the queen's court exactly um yes and whenever the queen knighted him she said i hope you go on to make incredible incredible acts of art works of art and then mm-hmm. he says i know exactly what i'm going to do right now mm-hmm. he, he called tom hooper and said can i please play a version of myself it's uh-huh. implied it's himself yes asparagus <laughs> Um, which I, also I literally forgot yes I just rewatched it and I completely forgot that was his name he's cause all of them you know the Jenny Annie Dots Buster for Jones Asparagus um and he he seems very out of place and then he's also supposedly like a theater cat which I guess right. cause there's the cat who there's the house cat mm-hmm. there's like the naughty cat yeah. there's the big fat cat and, and then, then we, I think they uh, yeah. ran out of cats and they're like this one then they're mostly like compared to like where they are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, they're like the cat of the theater. <laughs> yes, this cat is at a theater. <laughs> so this is where he lives. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, it can only be implied maybe there's like if a cat lives in a like maybe a trash can, he's the trash cat, maybe. Yes. Yeah. And then of course, one of the best cats, probably my favorite cat, Skimbleshanks. Skimbleshanks is a the good railway ass cat. cat. Of course, he he is the cat of the railway. Mm-hmm. He lives at a railway. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he. I think he sort of thinks of himself a conductor of the railway. Yeah. Uh, but he's of course a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons that I I enjoy this personally is because I'm just I'm just always a good slut for some 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 tap. Oh, in yeah. musicals. A good tap break is just good shit. T- completely. And this song. This was a hit in 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 our friend group, in our world. This mm-hmm. was a hit. People were singing this song, tapping around, tapping their happy little asses off. And <laughs> what is this? 
Was I not invited to these parties? <laughs> I just remember this song being like huge. You know, everyone loves Skimble Shakes. Skimble Shakes, the railway. I get okay, it. It's a hit. To, you can come to the next party. Jesus okay. Christ. I'm just saying, I know the song, I know the routine. I don't yeah. know why I wasn't invited. Of course. Um, this song ends with maybe the best moment in the show when Skimble Shakes begins doing a little twirl. Uh, he begins flying into the air and all of the cats are like oh look at Skimble yes. Shakes go Yay. and Skimble Shakes is like no I'm not doing this help me uh, what's happening uh, and then oh of course God. he gets he gets dusted he begins to disintegrate into a a a, uh, a being of mist um and I, oh, I guess man. we should say we haven't we haven't said this yet but these cats who are being destroyed by McCavity are not dying they are being teleported to a boat um, <laughs> where there is... What's this fucking cat's name? He's like I, Grit, Growl Tiger. Um, I have no idea. In all honesty, I literally skipped over every part he was here. <laughs> I truly did. Because I, I, I just feel like there's so many cats who could just be merged together. You know, Jenny mm-hmm. Annie Dots and Bustover Jones could be one cat. Yes. You know, uh... uh Mongo Jerry and Rumble Teaser could be one cat, and uh-huh. I also think Gus and this old fucking ass cat could be one cat, even though mm-hmm. he's kind of evil. I, he's, I think he's McCavity's henchman. Yeah, he's, he's a, he here. Like a pirate kind of. Yes, I believe his name. Is, yeah, Growl Tiger. I'm seeing it. Growl right Tiger. There. Growl Tiger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an old. He's an old shithead cat. Yeah, and he's, oh, he's he's gonna bad. kick them on the boat. Yes, and uh, of course, McCavity's plan is to you know do uh, take away all these cats until he's the only Jellicle choice by default. Yes, that's what he wants to be, mm-hmm. and it almost works. It actually almost kind works of. Out I mean, he, he, well, because he he gets to we so we get through um, uh, uh, asparagus, and then we get through Skimbleshanks, the railway cat, and mm-hmm. then I think that is when our friend here shows up. Because mm-hmm. Gus and, and Shimbleshanks have both been teleported away, and he's he, uh, we get the song McCavity, um, yeah, which is another big, big, great song in the show. I think I'm a big fan of it. It's a good song. Um, there's a there's a line because this is when the girl herself, T Swift, shows up mm-hmm. uh, in cat form. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, T- tell me about this part. Did you enjoy Taylor Swift's part? I I <laughs> I think Max is setting me up to be some sort of cat fucker, and I won't have it. Um, I mean, if if it piqued your interest, sure. If it pleases the court. If it um, pleases the court. But uh, she shows up. One of the lines that has always stuck out to me is McGavity. McGavity. He's he he's bro- he's broken every human law. He breaks the law of gravity. Um, he I don't has, think you want to say that. Yeah, yeah. Because, of course, I mean, you know, maybe he steals. Maybe he, you know, commits adultery. Maybe he commits perjury. lies in court. So those human laws, of course. Uh-huh. And there's maybe arson. Uh-huh. Uh, war crimes. Murder. <laughs> torture. Uh, the like. And uh, he's done all of them. Yes. At least once. Uh-huh. Uh, which, I'll say it. That's not good. But it also makes for a good villain. It you know, makes it's for a, a good okay, villain. Okay, you know who the villain is. Uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm not confused if about I, that. If I, if you want me to hate a villain, just tell me, like, they've done bad, they've done yeah. every bad thing there is. Oh, and I'm like, this way, is he's done every as crime. bad a guy as possible. Exactly. I'm scared. Exactly. And uh, Grizabella keeps coming back, coming back, coming back. And 
At this point, we're nearing the end of this film. If you don't realize it now, Grizabella does sing her beautiful song, Memory, about how she used to be amazing. She used to be... Everyone used to love her. She used to get all the pets, all the hugs, all the kisses, and now no one loves her. That's why she, not Gus, the almost dead withering uh-huh. cat, should be chosen the, the this sh- year. The corpse shell of a cat. Exactly. Uh-huh. Skeleton. Now, about memory, I want to go on a tangent about this. Yes. What is your relationship to this song before this movie? Before this movie? I mean, I had heard it. Uh, I think, well, I guess my first experience would mm. have been... In the stage production, I was a little shaken, surely, of when course. I first heard it. Um, of course. By the time I heard it. But uh, it's just a good, good-ass song. It's One of incredible. the best to ever be on Broadway. Seriously, I used to listen to this song when I was in seventh grade, in the summer after seventh grade, and I would just listen to it every day and cry because it was so good. It moved me so much. The comments in the YouTube video of this song just wherever everyone was like i'm 45 and i'm a veteran and i cry listening to this song and i'm like oh man this can make veterans cry you know mm-hmm. that i i really did love the song and i i think jennifer hudson honestly does a great job with it she does a great job famously she's got snot all over her mouth which i truly respect <laughs> I mean, I, that's just, to me, that's like a show of, like, oh, an actor who's dedication. truly, like, there for it. I, Commitment. I mean, if you watch Fences, uh, oh. Viola Davis gives one of the greatest performances ever in any movie. She's incredible. Yes. And she's just covered in fucking <laughs> snot and tears all yeah. over her face for the last half of the movie. And it I love it. It is crazy. And then McCavity is defeated uh, through some crazy hijinks, including... Uh-huh. Bustopher Jones, the James Corden cat. Yeah. Throwing him around, fucking around, and Grizabella is chosen to go into the next life. And I think I think she deserves it. I really do think. I, I am happy for her. I think we are skipping a, a very important uh, turn of this movie with the, uh, who I believe to be the true protagonist, Mr. Mistopheles. Of course. Um, How could I forget? <laughs> I really did skip over... <laughs> I mean the the the, the climax, <laughs> the rule of sevens. Uh-huh. Oh uh, man, Mr. Mistopheles is he is a magician cat, right? He is maybe my favorite cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, his, his song "Oh Well I Never Was Ever a Cat So Clever" is magical, Mr. Mistopheles. Of course, I think that is my probably second favorite song. I mean, it's still it's pretty Stand far out. below uh, "Moonlight" or "Memories." Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoy the song. Yes. When uh, I, I remember first seeing this in the theaters and um, myself being shaken for other reasons. Uh, I think this movie shook me to my core. And once I reached this part, uh, I was just like, okay, you know, he's going to get it eventually after, you know, look at the first time. Doesn't get it. Makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, Second yes. time. Okay. Doesn't get it, but a little harder now. Third uh-huh. time. You know, rule of threes. You know, yeah. we're, we're comedy sure. guys. We're comedians. We, we write. We're, we do stand-up. The but rule of threes. the movie is clever enough to turn that on <laughs> us. To subvert yeah. our expectations and make this sequence its own storyline, honestly. It, yeah. it, it is. <laughs> There's a first, second, and third act to this song. <laughs> to this song. He does eventually get it. Uh-huh. And in a way that the build-up creates it to where there's no way that the payoff can match the build-up. Uh, uh-huh. And it does not. No, it really it, does not. It's just it's just old Deuteronomy. Because McGavity teleports Deuteronomy away mm-hmm. uh, and, and Mr. Mistopheles after... I, truly, you were right. Probably like seven tries uh, <laughs> where we get like a little bit of... Uh, uh, 
He's the beta cat. He's the yes. beta cuck. Of he's the cats. a fucking beta. Um, but I love him for it. He's great. He's great. Um, yeah. He's not chosen. Bustaver Jones is not chosen. Ginny Annie Dots is not chosen. Gus is not chosen. Monk and Jerry and Rebel Teaser, the criminal cats, are not chosen. Mm-hmm. We get Grizabella. Uh, mm-hmm. and she's sent off into the air. Uh, to I, I mean, it's truly like they're die- the cat is going to die. Yeah. They go to the heavy side layer. Right. Uh, which is, I, I assume, some sort of like afterlife life fixture. Maybe you know, in of course, <laughs> not to bring this up, but of course, in the Buddhist uh, tradition, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the cycle of rebirth, samsara, is actually what you want to escape. You don't want to be reborn. You want to reach enlightenment. But yes. these cats don't abide by that. They are not Buddhists. Mm-hmm. They're not Pure Land. They're not Theravada or Mahayana. No sect of Buddhism can describe what these cats are. This cycle of rebirth. It implies that they will. She will be reborn as a new, more beautiful cat, or maybe she can live out her life. But I don't know. It does seem to just be a cycle. Every cat that is reborn eventually becomes Gus, or eventually becomes Grizabella. You mm-hmm. know, the Rum Tum Tugger. You know, won't be able to get it up one day. You know. Yeah. By the way, I'm thinking about it now. <clears throat> the Rum Tum Tugger. He's a flirtatious, sexy cat. But so is Grizabella, right? Mm-hmm. But the Rum Tum Tugger is a man. Yeah. He is a man. He's also just young. I mean, truly, because right. Grizabella wants to be reincarnated again mm-hmm. because she's, a, I guess, because she's not pretty anymore. Yeah, because Hollywood doesn't care about her, you know. So instead of maybe the cats being like, oh, we're wrong, you know, yes. maybe we should treat you right uh-huh. as, as this older cat. No, no. Uh-huh. Let's just have a reborn and be a Taylor Swift cat. Yes. Yeah. Well, one reason. Because we're basically at the end here and we're about to get the most egregious moment of what I'm about to mention. All of the lyrics of the songs here mm-hmm. are... Because, of course, this show was composed by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Of course. Uh, but the lyrics were not written by Andrew Lloyd Webber or any composer or musician of any sort. Every lyric, uh, and essentially in the musical, I believe every word of the show is drawn from the poems of yeah. T.S. Eliot. Yeah. Which it, it all assembled in a book about a collection of his cat poems uh, that is not a story. It's not no. meant to be a story. No, exactly. And if, if one were to adapt this for the stage or screen, I guess, you know, maybe I would include a Victoria character who would be a surrogate for the audience. <laughs> yes. Of course, yes. Uh-huh. But maybe I would also, you know, take a chance, change up some of those lyrics and that. And, uh-huh. <laughs> or just like, because this movie is going to fight having a plot. I mean, right, the, the whole you, time trying to put a plot in this is going to be an uphill battle that you probably won't win. And yeah. so maybe just let it be what it is. Yeah. Just focus on like some good songs. Right. But it has right. a hard time with that. Yeah. Um, at the end of the movie, we get uh, old Deuteronomy talking to the camera for truly like 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> looking dead into the camera for Staring. so long. It's and it's, so it's Horrifying. Long. By the way, if you saw this early in theaters, you saw the buttholes. You saw the rings. You saw that they did not edit out her house rings. I think necklaces were included. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was released. And um, I unfortunately... Oh, and shoes, I think, too. I think you can see her shoe, her human shoes, or maybe her human feet, her toes. Oh. Um, <laughs> to see Dame Judy Dench's feet in this movie is <laughs> insane. 
and should not we look necessary. Because we've got Wikipedia up. Should we look up James Duty Dench Wiki feet? <laughs> Wiki feet. Go ahead. You can go I ahead don't want do- to do that. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to do that on like our podcast. Said, no, no, no. You can do it in private. Listener, you can do it, you know, uh, film goer. You I'm can not going to do, do it in private. To be very clear <laughs> to the, the podcast, way, I yeah. won't. And of course, you never, ever want to be a dog. Yes. I guess that's the... <laughs> I mean, that's the, like, takeaway, because, of right. course, at the end of this movie, we, we as the audience, need some help. Mm-hmm. And so Old Deuteronomy comes out and says what the movie's about, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> which doesn't seem to have much of anything to do with what has happened. At all. Uh, because this is, of course, just another poem about cats. Ex- it's just about cats. Right, yeah, to string a plot between these unre- these poems, which are themselves unrelated to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, she says, it's it's dawn, it's a new day, you know, because, uh, you know, metaphorically you can think of it, it's a new day, the dawning of a new life for Grisabella, for all of these cats, and you never want to be a dog. And then the movie ends. And we're left, I was left in the theater with uh, emptiness. Emptiness that could not be filled by anything. I even, I got a sandwich afterward, couldn't fill it. I got some sleep that night. Didn't feel better after watching this movie. I spent money on this. Mm-hmm. Truly, I spent money on this. I think even I bought my friend a ticket as well. And she and I saw it together. Mm-hmm. And I saw I paid probably about $15 to see this. Yeah. I um, As I said at the beginning, I saw this film in a theater alone. Because <laughs> I, was, I was super excited uh, to watch... Um, because it was like a big thing of like everybody's like you gotta go see this movie it's so bad yeah and I I saw this in theater alone and I was just I was just so sad the whole time (laughs) and I still have not had any good like I've not had like any kind of fun bad movie experience with this Mm because again we never said this but the point of this podcast we're gonna be digging up some bad <laughs> films, maybe some maybe oh. some stuff that you won't find on a Criterion Collection, no, my dear. Some flip flops, you know. Uh-huh. By the way, budget of this movie, um, <laughs> it's nearing one hundred million dollars. Just for context, I looked it up. Super bad, twenty million. Budget of twenty million. <sighs> and unfortunately, Cats makes about 75 million so mm-hmm. it's honestly not a f- total flop it no. really is not a total flop no it could well, have done much worse because budget of course usually like the stated budgets uh mm-hmm. don't estimate for the cost spent on marketing right so it, it probably is more of a flop than we're seeing even <laughs> but uh i mean it truly i feel like they whoever made this movie should have their ass slapped a little bit like they tom. they yeah tom tom ben mr Dover, hooper tom. um <laughs> i don't know this movie would have existed without tom hooper but that's a good point he's a good punching bag as well yeah. and um, you know what his career is gonna be fine james corden careers is gonna be fine jennifer hudson's gonna be fine taylor swift is gonna be fine in a way you know all of these tertiary characters these dancers these theater actors who were these cats, they got a paycheck. Honestly, they looked horrendous, they yes. looked horrifying, but they danced their asses off, and they looked pretty good. And I think the reviewers of this movie might agree yes, with us. Yes, I was about to say. We, uh, one thing we're going to be doing on this show is we'll have a little segment where we go ahead and get into some... Me and Max have both found some reviews that we enjoy mm-hmm. uh, from the World Wide Web. 
and so Max, why don't you go ahead and start? Give us give us a, a taste of some of your favorite reviews. All right, so you know, I, I wanted to look at the New York Times, you know, uh, Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, Vulture, the New Yorker, all of these accredited review sites. But then I said, what are the people saying? Mm-hmm. You know, not what mm-hmm. what, the, what that top echelon saying. What are the people saying? Absolutely. Um, so many of the Google reviews that you look for when you Google Cats 2019 reviews are five star. I had to <laughs> scroll and scroll and scroll looking for a three, a two, a one star. And yet Rotten Tomatoes, 19%. You know, mm-hmm. um, Aggregator, 19%. Mashable, 19%. If Mashable even does it. But I found this one by a woman named Elizabeth Morell. And I'm going to say her name because she decided to put this out to the public <laughs> five stars one year ago. She says, lowercase, it was a, all caps, masterpiece. It was art, better than the Mona Lisa. Van Gogh has nothing on this film. Should I even call it a film? No, it is a generational monument to our ever-changing pop culture landscape. I will be telling you about the music, the jokes, the plot, question mark, and of course, my favorite part, the cats wearing shoes. And that is the beginning... (laughs) And I would read more, but it took me four scrolls to get to the bottom of that <laughs> review. It is so exhaustive and extensive. I believe she's being sarcastic, but I really want to believe that she's not. I, I don't know. I guess there were a lot of five-star reviews. I would bet, because, I mean, Cats, the show on Broadway, yeah, was one of the a longest. Fa- yeah, it, it had a super long theatrical run. Totally. Um so there must be many people who like it. Yeah, who who were excited to see this adaptation. So mm-hmm. that's what the people were saying. Did you find any other reviews? Did you find I had any? To, I, I grabbed a couple small ones. Yeah. Um, let me go ahead and pull those up. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sarah, one-star review, says cats are not dogs, clearly, since all dogs go to heaven, and this is definitely hell. <laughs> Sarah coming in with a little burn. Jesse has burn. a point that I really like here. This is a one-and-a-half-star review. So he he didn't just go straight to the half-star, which leads me to totally. believe that he, he put some thought into this. He exactly. says, all are equal here. Judy Dench is no better at acting than Taylor Swift. Jennifer Hudson is no more effective at singing than Rebel Wilson. Ian McKellen has no more dignity than Jason Derulo. For possibly the first time in cinematic history, James Corden is no more of a nuisance than anyone else on screen. All brought to the same level. All cats. Um, that is an incredible point. That is an incredible point. I mean, it is an equalizer. Everyone's on the same uh, footing. No one is better than anyone else. Man. It, it, it was a very true... I, I have to agree with that one. This one is from Karsten. He gives it also a one and a half stars. Uh, he says, Watching all kinds of shitty cat movies aren't this week, aren't I? Um, which wasn't a very helpful review to me. Uh, what other cat movies are there? I, I don't know. Maybe like Aristocats? Aristocats but yeah. that's, that's cat, a cat, decent cat, movie. Cat, 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 I can't think of any other... I mean, um, Homeward Bound... Maybe, maybe he's that? talking like Garfield, a tale of two kitties. Oh, of course, of course. Maybe, uh, um, you know, uh, the pet, the, uh, the a pet's life. Secret, Secret life, life of pets. pets. Yeah. Perhaps. There's a cat yes. in that. Um, so this next review. Um, this is from Mike. Uh, he gives it half a star. Um, he says, I kept thinking how funny it would be if I killed myself in the <laughs> middle of the, of the showing. So I whispered to my girlfriend... You know what would be funny right now? 
And she said, if you killed yourself. Aw. <laughs> um, that was that one's actually written by Andrew Lloyd Webber himself. That was <laughs> by the way, by the way, Andrew Lloyd Webber is a conservative. He is conservative. And he wrote this musical. He's conservative? That's yes, fascinating. Yes, I, I remember I am also obsessed with... Uh, You're Joseph- also obsessed with the conservative I'm obsessed points. with conservatives in England. Um, I was obsessed with uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And mm-hmm. I looked up Andrew... Which is a gay, gay, gay musical. A mm-hmm. Gay, so gay. It's about a rainbow coat. And this is about singing cats. Mm-hmm. And, of course, how can we forget... Um, fucking the train one, the the super the Starlight Express. Starlight Express. How can we forget that? I believe he he wrote that as well. Yes. Insane insanity. Mm-hmm. Well, Conservative. He doesn't seem to have much of a thought about about like any kind of deeper meaning. So because I totally. know there was there's that one interview with like a guy who he was trying to get to help him on the music, mm-hmm. uh, who I believe he even wrote like the first melody for Memories. Mm. Um, which uh, another point, uh, he Andrew Lloyd Webber is not the main guy behind Memory. Andrew Lloyd Webber kind of fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, his bit. biggest thing is is Phantom of the Opera, which of course. has like one good song. And uh, if you see it now, it's been going for so long. The actors are bored. Yes. They are bored They're out of their fucking half asleep mind. on stage. Exactly. Um, there's fire happening. Doesn't even phase them. They don't, they don't give care. a fuck. Uh, but there's the interview with that guy where he's like, "So is this? I mean, are the cats representing like this?" And I remember, like, oh, the I guy has it's like class divide. Yes, and and the guy says, and then Andrew turned to me and he said, "James, it's about cats," <laughs> um, which seems to be his thing. He doesn't have an agenda. He's really not trying to do anything, you know. Hamilton has, you know, a bit like it has a meaning to it, you know. Yeah. It's really cool, you know. Dear Evan Hansen has a meaning, you know. Stop bullying or something. I don't know. And <laughs> I'm not really sure what that's about. Don't don't coerce people into thinking that a guy who killed himself is your best friend. Of course, this Starlight Express, Phantom of the Opera. This is just about what you see on stage is what you get. Which honestly, I do commend that. That is really beautiful. It is pretty yeah. great. Do you have any more reviews? Yes. Um, Rob says half a star. Um, anyone who tells you this movie is like an acid trip has never taken acid. This movie is like a casino. There are no clocks. There are no windows. There is only gaudiness and insurmountable risk. Amazingly said. Uh-huh. Amazingly Rob put. had a bet that what really gets me in that review is insurmountable risk. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is very true. I think this also suffers from like the Alice in Wonderland disease, which yes. is whenever a story features someone who is not part of a world mm-hmm. diving into this world full of people who introduce themselves uh-huh. and give nothing to the main character yes. and then leave. And then nothing is gained, nothing is learned, nothing is changed, nothing mm. happens. But she doesn't seem to care because Victoria is a cat. Right. She's a cat. Mm-hmm. And she seems pretty at home in this world by like yeah. minute 15. Yeah. Um, She's honestly like, I, okay, I dig it. I think if we're going to insert a character, here's what my, here's. Okay, yeah, what Clayton, cat maybe? Clayton cat. is going to script doctor this. Um, I would make, I would, I would. Dare I say it? I would put a human in Victoria's shoes. I would shrink a human down, send them into the cat world. Maybe a human even gets turned into a cat oh, and has to yeah. learn to be a cat. Yeah, um, that's what I would do. I think, and I, think I don't it think would... it would be good, but I think it would be better. <laughs> I think if I were a script doctor, I would I would take out Victoria. Maybe I would um, I would have them talk directly to the camera. 
That's mm-hmm. fucking daring. That's like, yeah. well, what? Okay, and it's also kind of like, okay, this is what this is going to be. You know, we're talking to the camera the whole time. Um, more dancing, less exposition. Get rid of James Corden. Get rid of Jenny Annie Dots. Um, <laughs> a lot more of, a lot less dialogue. I think a lot more of dancing and things told through dance and music. Yeah. Just trust the audience. Trust them. Because also, kids are going to like that. This is kind of a kid's film, too. Yeah. Kids, kids are going to be like, this is awesome. This is cool. Mm-hmm. It's also going to be like... Um, you know, introduce people to the art of dance. You know, and I, cause I think what brings us down is how seriously this movie tends feels like it's taking itself mm-hmm. while also telling jokes, but also being like, no, this is going to be a hit. You know, so get rid of all of that. Uh, make it more camp. Make just up, up it, up it more. Really commit to it. You know, and also don't put human noses on the cats. Don't do that. Don't, don't give do this. Don't put human faces on any of the animals. Not especially, at all. Especially if we're going to see the end of their lives. Exactly. Um so I think that's I mean we're I we're, we're we're approaching the uh uh yeah, we've yeah, got we've been, got an hour going on right good now. Job. Um, um so uh one thing that we're going to be doing from now on is at the end of each of these episodes mm-hmm. uh Either Max or myself will be uh, uh, saying the next movie that we'll be watching. Exactly. I don't know what it is yet. Max has a little movie prepared. Exactly. And um, I've actually never seen this next movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, we're kind of sticking with the idea of, you know, maybe maybe like dumpster diving a little bit, jumping in, grabbing something that's maybe uh, at least not on the top of people's minds that's no one, no one is really thinking about. So, although I've seen both good and bad reviews for this, I want our next film to be... The Fifth Element. Oh. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not seen The Fifth Element. Yeah. I have seen many clips from it, and I have been dying to not only watch it, but I want to hear your thoughts on it as well, because I've heard incredibly great things about it, and also horrible things about it. That it is <laughs> okay. dreadful. Uh, so which, that, that's what's going to be. Which one is that? Is that found footage? Is that? No. The Fifth Element, I know it takes place in space. It's the one with the singing blue lady. You know, have you seen? You know, I'm talking about when oh, it's like in space. Oh, wait, 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 Maybe wait, you wait. have seen it. Um, I'm thinking of a different movie. This, I'm so sorry. No I, problem. I fully went off assuming <laughs> that I had. This was a fully different movie. The Fifth Element is uh, a movie that I'm a big fan of. Really? Okay. I'm excited to get That's into this so because exciting. I quite like this movie. Okay, cool. And I'm so excited. I I think Max that mm-hmm. you probably will. I think too. I'm gonna I think love it. You will. I think I'm gonna love it. So, yeah, and yeah. Um, I, I've seen some uh, video essays t- taking it down, but I've also seen clips from it, and I've really enjoyed them, mm-hmm. especially the one with the singing lady. So I'm yes. like, how can a movie like this be bad? Uh-huh. I think I've seen some of those uh, videos, too, because yes. there are some certainly some problematic parts of the movie. Of course, yeah, um, yeah. But I think the movie has a great emotional... I, this is all stuff that we'll get into next week next after we time. refresh ourselves. If you want to watch it with us, go ahead and watch. Uh-huh. The movie I was thinking of, I'm realizing now, is Strange Encounters of the Third Kind. Which I love. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a movie that I have not yes. seen. But Wait, uh, no, I'm thinking of Close Encounters of the Fifth the Fifth Kind. Then maybe that's what I'm oh, thinking. Oh man, too. there's so many movies. Guys, next week Damn. we're gonna know exactly what movie what the we're hell's talking going about. on. And it's gonna be Fifth Element starring Bruce Willis. Yeah. Um starting yeah. a young Bruce Willis with I believe yeah. blonde hair. Yeah. Um, um so I'm excited to really dig into it. I guys, this is going to be the beginning of a new journey for me and Clayton, this yeah. new podcast. Uh, we're gonna sit, we're gonna dish, talk about these movies. Um and uh 
any of your feedback, any of your opinions, of course, greatly appreciated. Now, we don't have yes. everything set We'll up. have an email mm-hmm. next week. I'll mm-hmm. say that. Oh, yeah. Um, we will. This we'll was very much like kind of an impulse. Just We just did this episode. Next week, we'll have... I'll say it. We're going to have a damn title next week. We fucking will. Yeah. And by the time you hear this, I'll have already composed a little intro for us, a little outro. Okay. You know, this is going to be a pretty highly damn produced thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're We've put a lot of money into this. A lot of stake. If this fails, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm ruined. <laughs> I can't go to college anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this episode if you listened this far. Again, my name is Maxim Foster. And I'm Glenn Gelman. And we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.